Society 13 Podcast Network. Redefining Podcasts. Society-13.com Do you like to listen? Welcome to Channel 9 of the STRY Radio Network, where stories live. The lift is created and shared for free, but there are hard costs associated with its production. To lend your support to the show, please visit support.victoriaslift.com. Supporters of the show get new episodes a few days early, and at $5 a month, you'll get access to behind-the-scenes artwork and bonus audio. Support the show you love at support.victoriaslift.com. Do you like me and my lift? Please tell me by writing a short review of the show in iTunes and leaving me some gold stars. It helps others to find their way here too. I like gold stars. Can I have lots? Pretty please? Leave me stars and reviews at itunes.victoriaslift.com. Hi, this is Barbara Jean Savoie, and I'm the writer for today's episode of The Lift, Take a Bow. You can find more episodes of The Lift at victoriaslift.com. be the little girl I was. I have my music box and a library lost, but I sometimes feel very alone. Won't you join me? It's time for your ride on the lift. Katya has no idea what she's doing. She sits in the quiet music hall, hands poised above black and white piano keys. But nothing comes. Her mind is blank. Her music sheets are blank too, spread out in front of her, empty of everything but the neatly printed stave. It's as if the emptiness is mocking her. Her deadline is fast approaching, but each day she books the music hall and sets to work, only to find herself unable to create anything worth writing down. She feels like a child again, pressing keys at random, each sound more discordant than the last. Katya closes her eyes and tips her head back. She fights off a groan of frustration, knowing that While a pity party may make her feel slightly better, it won't actually do any good. It won't clear whatever block she feels, sitting in her brain like a tangible weight. Everything is in order. Her mechanical pencil sits at the ready. 
Even her favorite eraser is within easy reach. The music hall is silent, devoid of any of her fellow students or the expectant eyes of her professors. She has no reason not to buckle down and start composing. She needs to dive in, just as she's always done. She needs to let the music come to her. It's always been easy, like a well she could tap whenever she needed. Music would just bubble up from that secret place inside of her. It never occurred to her that the spring would dry up. It never occurred to her that the music inside of her could be a finite resource. Except for the silence she hears now, where there should be symphonies. She's supposed to be this great artist. She's supposed to be this genius composer. In reality, she is nothing short of a sham. Guilt churns in her stomach. Guilt and fear. She must have fabricated every bit of talent she supposedly had, stolen it from someplace. She betrayed everyone who ever helped her to get where she is today. She lied to them, and they are all going to know it. They're going to find out, and if things keep going as they have, they're going to find out sooner than later. The recital is only days away, and after weeks of preparation, she has nothing to show for it. Katya can see it now. She can picture herself, dressed in glittering black, sitting at the piano. The auditorium seats are full. The lights dim. The spotlight shines on her, giving her no place to hide in front of accusatory eyes. Katya lifts her arms, places her fingers on the keys, and freezes. Because the sheets of music are still blank, just lines on a page where notes should be. There is nothing, because she is nothing. Move along, folks, nothing to see here, just the shattered remnants of her hopes and dreams. The lights flicker in the music hall, pulling her out of her fabricated future. They flicker again, and then die. Katya heaves a sigh. Hello? I'm still working here. I have the hall booked for another hour. No answer. In fact, when Katya looks up at the lighting and sound booth, the lights are off there as well. She can't even see the familiar glow of the blue light the tech guys use during performances. No one is there. Had the power gone out? Hello? Is anyone here? The hall remains silent. Even if the power had gone out, the emergency lights refused to switch on. Katya sits in the void-like darkness, afraid to even get up from the piano bench. It would be all too easy to misstep and tumble from the stage. She could break an ankle, or worse, injure her hands. Unable to do anything else, Katya sits for what feels like hours, cursing herself for having left her phone in her dorm. She'd thought it would be a distraction, but at least she'd have the flashlight app to help her out of this mess. 
Katya almost doesn't notice the light at first. It moves through the hall like a living green mist, curling and twisting like the polar lights. She rubs her eyes, convinced they are playing tricks on her after being in the dark for so long. But the light is still there when she opens them. Outside of the auditorium, music plays. It begins, faint, teasing at the edge of her hearing. It's like nothing she's ever heard before. Like a physical thing, pulling at her, forcing her to slide down the piano bench to her feet. She barely thinks to place the fallboard over the keys before she's up and moving, filled with a sudden need to find the source of the music. The green light moves the music. It tangles around her feet, leading her stage left, through the heavy double doors just beyond the curtain. It's just as dark backstage as it is in the music hall, but the green light is here as well. It glows brighter and steadier with every step she takes, making it easier to see. The music grows louder as well, until the only thing she knows is the desire to find it, to study it. If only she could discover its source, perhaps she could find inspiration in it. Katya follows the green light and the music down dark hallways, ignoring empty classrooms and the deserted offices of her professors, until she reaches, of all things, an elevator. She never saw this elevator before, in all of her time at the university. But before she can examine it, the doors slide open. As they do, the music slows to a stop, and the green light fades away replaced by the dim lighting of the elevator car. Hello, says a voice from inside the elevator. Katya looks around, but sees no one. The owner of the voice giggles. (laughs) Down here, silly. Katya gazes downward to see a child of no more than ten. She has an angelic face, like something out of a Renaissance portrait. Her blonde hair is pulled into pigtails, tied with faded ribbons. She wears a purple dress, a dress Katya swears the child must have gotten from the theater department's costume closet. Unless children's fashion has swung all the way back to the 19th century. And she sways, swirling the ruffled hem around her knees. She's looking at Katya smiling at her with perfect rows of tiny teeth. Hello, she says again. You must be Katya. I've been waiting for you. Waiting? How could you be waiting for me? How do you even know my name? I heard I was following... Now that the music stopped playing, Katya isn't sure she ever heard it. It was too beautiful too enchanting to have been real. Oh, you must have heard my music box. The girl holds up an antique wooden music box, glowing with a little of the same green light that had brought Katya to this strange corner of the university. 
Katya reaches to touch the music box, but the girl pulls it back out of reach until it's hidden in the folds of her dress. Katya's fingers hover in the air for a moment too long before she blinks and shoves both hands into the front pocket of her hoodie. She gives the girl a sheepish smile. Sorry, it's beautiful. The little girl grins. Thanks. My name is Victoria, and this is my gift. Victoria, you didn't answer my question. How did you know who I am? I know lots of things. I could tell you about them, but you'll have to take a ride with me in my lift. She should tell the child no. Should make her excuses and get back to the music hall and the piano standing mute upon the stage. But something in the child's gaze draws Katya in. One moment, she's standing in the hallway, and the next, she is beside Victoria as the doors slide closed. Victoria reaches up and presses a button on the panel. The elevator lurches and descends. Where are we going? Katya asks. Those who find my lift are at a crossroads of sorts. Like you, Katya. A crossroads? What do you mean? It means you have a choice to make. One that will determine your fate. It sounds ominous. For such a small child to talk to her about fate. Is Victoria really from the theater department? Is Victoria reciting something from a script? A choice? Katya shakes her head. Like what? I don't... Before she can finish her sentence, the elevator settles to a halt. Night story, Victoria says with childlike enthusiasm. This is your stop. She must have fallen asleep at the piano again. How else can she explain it? The music hall at the university doesn't have more than two floors. Three of the basement were counted. But the button Victoria had pressed is marked with a nine, and Katya counts eight other buttons. As if to confirm her theory, the elevator doors open onto the stage of the music hall. This time, however, the hall is no longer empty. The rumble of voices indicates every seat is filled. A spotlight shines over the piano. Katya looks at her hoodie and ratty jeans. Not in glittering black as she'd imagined, but she knows that this is all for her. They, whoever they are, expect her to play. Go on, Victoria says. But I'm not ready. Katya says. You've had all of this time to prepare, and they're waiting to hear you play. Surely you aren't going to disappoint your adoring audience. That's just it. I am going to disappoint them. I'm going to disappoint everybody. I can't do this. You can. Victoria slips her hand into Katya's. She gives it a little squeeze. I know you can. Katya looks at their joined hands. Victoria is looking at her, expectant. Her eyes sparkle with the vivacity of youth, but in them is something much older, much wiser. Looking at the stage 
and then into the packed house. Katya takes a deep breath. I'll... I'll try. Oh, goody. Victoria grins. I was hoping you would say that. As soon as Katya lets go of the little girl's hand, she feels another spotlight shine on her. The heat of it causes sweat to prickle on the back of her neck, and she shivers as it trickles down into her hoodie. The audience goes quiet as soon as Katya steps onto the stage. She takes her place beside the piano and gives a little bow to a smattering of applause. She sits at the piano bench and opens the sheet music left on the stand, only to realize she can't read the music. It's absolute gibberish. Letters and symbols decorate the staves, dipping high and low like music notes, but not in a way that would produce anything comprehensible. Katya catches a hash symbol, an asterisk, then a smiley face, followed by a string of numbers long enough to be a phone number before she turns the page, only to discover more of the same, and the same again on the next page. The audience shifts as it grows restless. She makes the mistake of looking up and out into the audience, trying to better gauge its reaction. Outside the glare of the spotlights, she can't make out distinct features of any of the people sitting in the seats, not even in the first rows. Beyond the lip of the stage, there is nothing but shadowy outlines of heads and shoulders. Katya shakes her head, attempts to pull herself together. By now, it's been minutes since she sat down at the piano. Long, panic-stricken minutes. She needs to play. Something. Anything. Before she finds herself laughed from the stage altogether. Just as she places her hands on the keys, however, something new draws her attention back into the crowd. A low growl wet with saliva, too animalistic to be human. Katya squints against the light as she attempts to find the source. Something about the shape of the figures in the audience is wrong now. The shadows are bigger, more solid. Her audience has mutated somehow, from whom she had assumed were her peers into creatures she imagines must have arrived straight out of hell. There are no horns, no cartoon pitchforks, but horrible empty eye sockets and gaping maws, each full of jagged teeth. A creature near the stage nips at another, and they both go down in a tangle of two long limbs and dark blood. The creatures around the pair shift again, and they are drawing closer to the stage. Closer to her. Play, says a voice. It's Victoria's. She stands near Katya's elbow, a perfectly serene expression on her face, despite the monsters snapping and growling like rabid dogs only ten feet away. They'll only go away if you play. Play? Katya asks, her words raw with panic. Victoria, this is... This is insane! No, this is your fear. 
You've been letting it get the best of you for too long. And it's grown quite strong. The only way to get rid of it now is to face it. This can't be real. I have to be dreaming. I just need to wake up from this nightmare. Katya pinches the back of her hand. Pain blooms, sharp as she digs her nails into her skin. The creatures continue to advance. Clawed appendages clutch at the edge of the stage, digging grooves into the wood. Victoria shakes her head, sending her pigtails swinging. You aren't dreaming. You must play. You only have a few moments left now. Fear feeds off itself. And, as you can see, yours is very hungry. The first of the creatures climbs onto the stage, only to be dragged down again as the others attempt to pull themselves up. Unbothered by the fight for dominance at their feet, more creatures fill the hole left by the ones still scuffling on the ground. Okay, okay, I can do this, I can do this, just- you don't have a second, Victoria warns, anticipating the end of Katya's sentence. She starts with a warm-up, something easy. The creatures pause. In the corner of her vision, Katya sees one of the creatures cock its head, listening. Heartened, Katya moves into a piece she wrote when she was younger, solely for the pure joy of writing music, not for credit, nor fame, nor glory. Back before she'd ever dreamt of becoming a world-renowned composer, back when she'd played just to see her mother smile, Katya closes her eyes, loses herself in the music. She imagines herself sitting at the piano in her childhood home, imagines her friends and family are gathered around to hear her, not the demonic things she knows surround her in the music hall. She moves the piece into something more upbeat, something that would have her loved ones laughing and clapping along as she played. You let yourself get caught up in everyone else's expectations of you, that you forgot why you love creating music in the first place. You were afraid of not meeting those expectations, terrified you wouldn't come anywhere near them. That fear became stronger until you couldn't create anything it silenced the music inside of you. Katya opens her eyes to see Victoria smiling. I'm still terrified, Katya says, and then smiles. But I think I might have a handle on it now. To prove her words true, the creatures fade back into shadow, dissolving into nothingness as Katya plays through another piece, and then another, until she finishes with a flourish. Victoria gives her an enthusiastic round of applause. It's time to take a bow, don't you think? Katya gets up from the piano with a grin. Not one of the creatures is left. Stepping to the edge of the stage, Katya bends at the waist in front of the empty auditorium. When she comes back up, she turns back to Victoria. What do you think? Do you think they'd like an encore? Victoria is nowhere to be seen. What the? Katya is no longer standing under spotlights, but the fluorescents that light the hall when there is no performance. She returns to the piano, 
to see her favorite mechanical pencil and her eraser still lying where she'd left them. Her music sheets are still blank, ready for her to begin composing. Excuse me, miss. Turning, Katya sees a woman wearing the familiar uniform of the university's security office, standing in the wings. A walkie-talkie buzzes at her hip. Yes? It's time for me to lock up for the night. Would you mind? Oh, not at all. Sorry. Katya hurries to gather her things. Have a good night. Katya leaves through the double doors, the same doors she had gone through when following the strange music from Victoria's music box. She retraces her steps, hurrying through the hallways until she is back where she discovered the elevator. The elevator is no longer there, of course. Nothing is there but smooth wall. Katya pats it anyway and whispers, Thanks, Victoria. Then she turns and makes her way out of the building and back to her dorm. She has music to write. Big thank you to all of you for listening to the show, to all of you who take the time to rate and review the show in iTunes and Stitcher and every place else, and to all of our Patreon supporters. Without your generous contributions, it would be nearly impossible to put this show together. Full show notes with credits, links, and artwork can be found at victoriaslift.com. We make other podcasts you might enjoy. Check out thewickedlibrary.com and also ninthstory.com for links to other shows. If you're on social media, you can check us out on Facebook and also on Twitter. And if you'd like to make sure you don't miss future episodes of the show, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, lots of places. 